Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Good morning. Come on, can I have somebody give Jesus some praise this morning? Come on, somebody who really loves Jesus, let me hear you lift your voice to him. Hallelujah. It's good to be here, good to see you here, and good to know God is here. I am so grateful um, for our amazing pastors. Uh, we have some, like literally, some amazing pastors, Pastor Don and Pastor Jessamy, um, the best, one of the, some of the best leaders that I know. I am so honored and privileged to serve them. Um, so they're not here today. Can we give them a hand today? I'm sure they're probably watching. We love you. You guys are amazing. And I really love um, the, the heart that our pastors have. Not only do they just, they have a heart for this community and they have a heart for the world, of course, but they have a heart for you and they have a heart for us. Um, especially being on staff, we spend a whole lot of time with them um, throughout the week. And they don't just care about what we can do for the church and you know our job and uh, all of that good stuff and what we bring, the gifts that we bring, but they care about us individually. They care about our families. They care about our kids. Um, I posted that. I was at a track meet. Um, my kids track meet the other day, and I posted on, on my Instagram. And the next morning, Pastor Don sent me a text message and just, you know, wanted to congratulate, you know, DJ and Ari on how great they did at the track meet and different things like that, all the way from Utah. And that is so, that's so awesome to have pastors, again, that don't just care about what we do, but they care about us uh, individually. So we have some amazing pastors. Um, give them one more hand. Um, I'm excited today. I said, are you good? Um, I get uh, the opportunity to bring the word today um, in front of some very special people. Um, I had a a surprise birthday party this past Friday. My birthday was on the 15th, but I had a surprise. My wife threw me a surprise party, and uh, my mom and dad flew in uh, from Detroit. So, super excited to see them, and my best friend also came in from Detroit to surprise me. So I got a bunch of friends here. Um, there's only one other person probably in this world that makes me more nervous than Pastor Karen when I have to pre preach. Like, I get super nervous when Pastor Karen's here and I have to preach. It's like, you better be right. <laughs> and that's my dad. Um, you know, he's taught me literally everything that I know as it relates to ministry and bringing the word. So if I mess up today, it's his fault. <laughs> I just gave myself an out, JJ. That's how you do it. <laughs> So let's get started. Um, do y'all remember growing up? Do you remember when growing up was, uh, it was actually a whole lot different than what it is right now? Amen? Like, do you remember when it was actually cool to go outside? Like, that was like, that was what we wanted to do. We actually wanted to go outside. We didn't want to stay in the house. We wanted to stay outside. In fact, uh, and my mom is here. And so she used to tell uh, my brother and I, my brother is sitting over there too, um, both of them. But she used to tell my brother and I and grandmas, and you probably heard this too, you only go out one time. If you come back in this house, you're not going back outside. You either stay in or you stay out. Y'all remember that? <laughs> Who, whose mama was like that? <laughs> you either stay in or you stay out. Do you remember when it was cool to actually drink water out the water hose from the side of the house? Like, she's like, no, I don't remember that. 
Like that was like, that was like the best water. I mean, it, it gave us that thick skin that we got, you know? Now you got this water that got 7,000 filters in. It's just, it's like nothing. Uh, but it was actually cool to be outside. We didn't want to stay in the house. Do you remember the universal symbol from com- for coming in the house? The street light. Oh my God. Some of y'all grew up in the hood. <laughs> The street light. When that street light came on, you better have your butt on the porch. See, we ain't had to come in the house, but we had to be on the porch. And if my mom came outside and she, she had this very distinct voice when she called my brother and I, David and Darrell. That's how, that's how I used to sound. She laughing and Darrell's laughing too because, and when we heard that, we took off running because we better be on the porch. The light, street light has come on and you better be in the house. But the thing was, is, and I'm, I guess I'm you know, just kind of you know, throwing this out there. When the street light came on, it meant that it was getting dark. And as when it's getting dark, you have to find yourself in a place of safety, in a place of comfort. And I don't want you out in the streets when the street lights come on and it starts to get dark because I can't see you. I, can't, I, I need to know that you're safe. So you don't have to come in the house, but you better be on this porch when the street lights come on. You remember going out to, to the park or going out to different things, uh, you know, places and when you were uh, growing up and your parents would tell you if, if someone tried to talk to you or somebody pulled up and tried to give you candy or something like that, you're supposed to yell something. Anybody know what you're supposed to yell? Stranger danger. Stranger danger. And that's what my message is today. <laughs> Stranger danger. You used to have to yell stranger danger when uh, uh, someone who is not supposed to be in your life, someone who's not supposed to be trying to come in contact with you, that was your way of alerting everybody around that I'm in trouble and I need some help. Stranger danger. When a strange voice came to talk to you and, hey, you want, a, you want, you want some candy? You want some of this? Like, like they, they, you had to yell that so they'd make everyone aware that you needed some help. And see, I grew up in the hood. My mom didn't tell us to yell stranger danger. She said, you better fight. <laughs> you better fight. So we ain't had to hear the stranger danger stuff. So ain't nobody mess with us in Detroit because we, yeah. Anyway, uh, some of y'all grew up in some hoods like Detroit. So I know you, you, you probably like uh, El Paso. <laughs> stranger danger. Stranger danger. But... How many times do we not avoid strange voices in our life today? There's so many voices that we have that are, trying, that are vying for our attention. Social media, the news, your job, your kids, trying to get your attention. Now, I'm not saying your kids is a strange voice. Don't be yelling stranger danger when your kids start. <laughs> Mommy, I want some milk. Stranger danger, stranger danger. <laughs> Strange voices. Strange voices. Depression has a voice. Anxiety has a voice. Fear has a voice. Loneliness has a voice. Worry has a voice. In John 10, verse 3 of 5, Jesus says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Isn't it awesome? 
that Jesus knows each one of us by name. And he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. Our, our father, our, she, the, our shepherd goes on ahead of us and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I don't have to be concerned about who I'm following because I know his voice. I don't have to be concerned about the direction that I'm going if I'm following his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Sometimes we allow the stranger's voice to have more influence in our lives than God. Wherever that stranger might be, whatever that stranger might be, sometimes that stranger's voice has a much larger influence. We hear that a whole lot clearer than we hear the voice of God. If you jump down to verse 25 through 28, he says, they asked Jesus this question. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you didn't believe the works I do in my father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. He said, my sheep, they listen to my voice. And he didn't, then he didn't just stop there. He said, not only do they listen to my voice, but I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. And watch this. He says, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. When you are following the good shepherd, as the Bible calls him, you don't have to worry about being snatched out of the hand of the father. You don't have to be worried about being snatched out of the hand of our God because when you're in his hands, listen, there's safety. The Bible says that the righteous run in and they find safety. The voice of God is the only voice that we should be listening to. We've got to avoid other voices that are in our lives. We've got to avoid other voices that are causing us and distracting us and, and, and pushing us to do things that are not the will of God for our lives. We've got to avoid lives. We've got or voices. We've got to avoid the voice of chaos. I'm going to tell you that chaos has a voice in your life. And when I was preparing for this message, I, I remember this movie that I saw, um, and it was an amazing clip from this movie that, that was specifically talk about this point. And I want you guys to take a look at this here.
Mac, it's okay. Why are you doing this to me? This isn't me. You told me to come out here. Mac, this is happening inside you. You're letting it consume you, and you don't have to. Just take a deep breath and listen to my voice. Don't look at it, Mac. Look here. Don't think about the past. Don't think about the pain. Look at me. Everything is gonna be okay. Look at me. Trust me, none of this can hurt you. Just keep your eyes on me. Breathe. Good, Mac. I'm not going anywhere. Get you out of this boat. That's awesome, right? How many of us is that a picture of our life? We're in the middle of this boat. We're in the middle of chaos. We've got to learn to focus on the voice of God when we're in the midst of chaos. And if you watch this, this clip, Max in the boat, and he finally gets to this point of you know, he, he just takes this deep breath and he closes his eyes. He's enjoying the wind and being out here on this, this lake, taking it all in. And all of a sudden, boom. That's the picture of some of our lives. I got all my bills paid. My marriage is going good. I just got a promotion on my job. Things are going amazing. I'm having such an awesome life. My kids are good. All of these things are going good. I'm getting out of debt. My car is running well. My house, my pipes didn't burst her and snow it. Like all things are going really, really good right now. Boom. Chaos. And in the middle of this chaos, the voice of Jesus comes to Mac. And he's calling him. He said, Mac, Mac, listen, it's okay. It's okay, David, David, it's okay. Then Mac responded to Jesus. And Mac's response to Jesus was, why are you doing this to me? How many times have we asked God that question? You've gone to the doctor and the doctor gave you a report that was not good. God, why are you doing this to me? The marriage is, seems like it's on the verge of divorce, like we're getting ready to walk away. We, we got the attorney. We got all of this stuff. It's, it, it, we're getting ready to call it quits. It's done. God, why are you doing this to me? I've done everything right. I prayed. I fasted. I go to church. I tithe. I do all of these good things. I'm a good person. I don't talk about nobody. I don't gossip. I do all of the good things. Why, God, is it happening to me? And Jesus responded to Mac. He said, this isn't me. Whew. 
Sometimes we even say, you know, God puts this, God put this sickness on me because he's trying to teach me something. God said, that's not me. Oh, he gives his biggest battles to the biggest and strongest warriors. God says, no, that's not me. I'm not putting you through this. I'm not doing this to you. That's not me. And Mac is going crazy. He's looking and he's seeing the water filling the boat and you're seeing the water filling up in the boat and it seems like everything is going down, like you're getting ready to drown. And Mac, and God speaks to Mac. Jesus speaks to Mac. He says, hey, listen, don't look at it. Look at me. You're allowing it to consume you. You're allowing the things on the, ex- on the outside to consume you. You're allowing the stress and what you see on the media and on social media and the things that are happening in your friend's life and down the block and at the other church. You're allowing those things to consume you. Don't look at it. Look at me. It's only happening on the inside of you. He says it's happening on the inside of you, Mac. Don't look at it. Look at me. And he says, don't focus on the pain. Don't focus on the past. Look at me. And he says something to Mac. He says, everything is going to be okay. And some of you just needed to hear that today. You got up, got dressed, put on your best Sunday best. You came to church. You listened to worship. And you came, did all of that to get here, to hear God speak to you and say, everything is going to be okay. He says, look at me. Don't look at the past. Don't look at the pain. Look at me. And then Matt connects eyes with Jesus. And Jesus says to Mac, he says, none of this can hurt you. Sometimes we need to hear God tell us that. Because it looks big on the outside. It looks like this thing is getting ready to destroy us. And God says, listen, none of it can hurt you. You're going to be okay. He said, trust me. We've got to learn to focus on the voice of God in the middle of chaos. We've got to learn to focus on the voice of God when the water is filling up the boat. We've got to learn to focus on his voice in chaos. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, very familiar passage of scripture, and this isn't a revelation of mine. I heard a friend of mine preach it, and I thought it was so good. I told him I was going to steal it, (laughs) but I would give him credit for it. And I was re- he was reading this, and we were talking about it, and he says, and Jesus said, that day when evening came, Jesus had just finished doing some miracles, preaching, teaching, and he looks at his disciples. He says, listen, let's go over to the other side. And then leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, and then a storm came. Waves broke over the boat that it was almost swamped like we just seen in that video. And then, then the, the, the disciples, and I, I think it was Peter because Peter, Peter just didn't have no filter. Peter just said whatever. <laughs> if it came to his mind, Peter was like Chris Wisdom. If it came to his mind, it's coming out. Like, <laughs> you'd be afraid. <laughs> if you know Chris, you know. <laughs> T, 
Teacher, do, do you even care that we're about to drown? Do you even care that Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat? Jesus, do you even care that we're getting ready to lose our lives? Jesus, don't you see my marriage is going through right now? Do you care that I'm getting ready to drown? Jesus, I know you've seen these past due bills, and I know you know my bank account. Do you care that I'm getting ready to drown? Jesus. And it seems like Jesus is asleep. It seems like Jesus is just not aware of what's happening in your life. Jesus, do you care that I'm getting ready to drown? And then Jesus got up. And he walks onto the ship. And here's the part that I love. It says, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. Stay right there. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. I was wondering why it didn't say that he rebuked the wind and the waves, but he rebuked the wind and then he said to the waves, be still. The reason that God, that Jesus rebuked the wind and then talked to the waves was because Jesus had an understanding that the waves were only responding to the wind, that the waves were only doing what they were doing because of the result of the wind. The, the fruit was the waves. The root was the wind. So Jesus got up and he spoke to the wind. He rebuked the wind. And then he told the waves, now you have no more reason to move. Quiet, be still. And sometimes in our lives, we need Jesus to not deal with the fruit of what we're going through and what we're experiencing in our life. We've got to have Jesus to deal with the root. We've got to have Jesus to speak to the wind and tell the wind to stop so that the fruit can quiet and be still. Sometimes in the face of fear, we forget the voice of the Father. We forget what he said to us because if they just had remembered the first thing that Jesus said to them before they even got on the boat, Jesus said, hey, let's go to the other side. But in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the storm, they forgot that Jesus had already given them a promise that they were going to make it to the other side. So Jesus had to remind them that he's still God. And in our lives, sometimes Jesus has to remind us. I know that God said that I was delivered. I know that God said that I was going to be healed. I know that God said that my marriage was going to be restored. I know that God said that my kids were going to come back to him. But in the middle of the, the, the chaos, I forgot his voice and Jesus said, but don't forget I said, we're going to the other side. With the chaos going all, all, all around me, so much trouble, so much pain, I'm feeling all of this stuff. I need to know that Jesus is with me and God reminds us and he wants to remind you that greater is he that is in you than he who is in this world, that there is nothing that you cannot overcome. Jesus hasn't already overcome. We're going to the other side. So my question to you is, what happens when you can't hear his voice anymore? What happens when it seems like Jesus has stopped speaking? How many of you have been in that moment where you feel like God is just not talking to you? I'm praying I'm fasting, I'm serving, 
I'm doing all those things. And everything that I know to do to hear your voice, and I just can't hear your voice. Jesus, what are you, where are you leading me? What are, I need an answer. I, I've got so many questions. I need an answer. I need you to speak to me. What happens when you're in the middle of darkness, in the middle of your wilderness, and Jesus says nothing? You've got to remember what he said the first time. Because you're going to get to a point where you're in the middle of darkness. You're going to get to a point where you're in the middle of a wilderness and you've got to know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter three. Jesus goes down to the river to be baptized by John. He gets baptized by John. He gets up out of the water. The Bible says that the, he the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on, on Jesus like a dove. And then a voice cried out and the voice said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then in the very beginning of the next chapter, verse, or chapter four, verse one, it says, then Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Like, wait a minute. So the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, into this place of being alone. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into solitude. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into isolation. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into a moment of darkness. What is Jesus going to do now? In this moment of wilderness, after 40 days of fasting and 40 nights of fasting and not eating, Jesus is hungry. And when Jesus is at his weakest, here comes the enemy. And he comes to attack the very last word that God said to him. Because the very last word that God said to him is, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So when Jesus is at his weakest, because Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. So when Jesus was at his weakest for not eating for 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy comes to him and says, if you are the son of God. He came to question the very last word that God said to him. God said, listen, by the stripes of Jesus, you were, you are healed. And you go to the doctor and the doctor says, I see a mass. If you are healed. Did Jesus really say that you were healed? Did Jesus really say that he would supply all of your needs? according to his riches? What happens when you're in the wilderness and in the moment of darkness and you can't hear God's voice? I want to show you guys something because it's in this moment of darkness that we have to remember what God said to us. You guys can... Turn the lights off. In the moment of darkness, we all hit this moment. We all hit this time where everything is not going right. Where depression is really hitting me hard. Anxiety is at an all-time high. They're laying off now. And they told me my job was secure, but now my job is on the chopping block. I can't hear Jesus' voice. 
What happens when you are at home and you drop something in the dark? You get down on your knees and you start feeling around on the ground to see if you can find the thing that you lost. I dropped the promise that God said that I'm the head and not the tail. Where is it? And I'm in this moment of darkness and I can't, I can't see my next step. I can't see what's next. I can't see what's in front of me. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this and I can't find the word. I lost the word that he said that he is my provider. That I lost the word. I feel so weak right now, God. And I forgot the word that said that in my moment of weakness that his strength is made perfect. I, and so I'm in this darkness and I'm in this moment of searching to try to find this word and I can't hear his voice. I've got to remember what he said before. I got to remember that even though I feel alone, he did tell me that he would never leave me and that he would never forsake me. And when I feel like I'm depressed and my mind is going crazy, he said, no, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. It's in this moment of darkness that we find ourselves Searching for the thing that we lost. You can turn the lights back on. And it's in this moment that we realize that this is the exact place that I should have been all along. That in a moment of darkness, I don't run away. I've got to fall to my knees and try to find the word try to find the promise, try to find his voice in the middle of the darkness. And y'all think I'm just down here on the floor. I actually fell when the lights was off. <laughs> and I'm trying to get up, JJ, but I can't get up. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> In the darkest times of our lives, the best place for us to be is on our knees, is on our face. question to you is, what voice are you going to choose to listen to? Are you going to listen to the voice of depression? Because that voice speaks to you, and I know that voice because I'm overcoming it. I'm overcoming depression. Pastor Dave, yes. And by no means am I trying to minimize anything. I see a therapist the whole, the whole nine. It's okay. Trust me. Because you have to do some natural things as you allow God to do some supernatural things. Amen? But that voice has a, that thing has a voice. You're not enough. You're never going to be good enough. No matter how hard you work, you're never going to be good enough. No matter how hard you try, you're never going to be good enough. You're a pastor? Pfft. What about that thought you just had? You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be smart enough. 
You're never going to be able to, to, to do all those things that, that, that you said that you were going to do. I'm 38 years old, and I thought that my life would be at, a, at such a different place right now, however old you are, whatever you're experiencing in life. Depression has a voice. Anxiety has a voice. Fear. It has a voice, but what voice are you going to choose to listen to? Because you have a choice to make. Will you choose to listen to the voice of depression? Will you choose to listen to that voice that says there is no hope for your marriage at all? That there is no hope. Will you choose to listen to the voice of the doctor? Or will you choose to listen to the voice of your master? When you hear that strange voice, you got to run from that voice. I mean, as fast as you can, you've got to run from that voice. There's a story in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. The children of Israel, they're outside of the land of Canaan. And God tells Moses, hey, send some spies into the land. You go look at it, explore it, tell me what's, tell it, come back and tell, give report of what's in it. So they go to the land, they come back. And it says here, we pick up in verse 27, then they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. It is exactly what you said, Moses. Here is the fruit. We even brought some stuff back. But the people who live there, the but, the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, Anak there. And then look at verse 30, because in verse 30, it says, then Caleb silenced the people. How many of you have a Caleb in your life? That the people that are surrounding you that are speaking negative reports, that there's a Caleb in your life that silences them and says, no, we should go up and take in possession of the land. No, we are the head again and not the tail. No, we are set free and delivered. No, we're not going to be bound by this anymore. No, we are going to overcome whatever it may be. Addiction does not have any power over me. I am, you will overcome alcohol. You can overcome pornography. Whatever the addiction you may have, you can overcome it. Who's the Caleb in your life that silences the negativity? That silences that strange voice Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. Watch this. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. And we seemed like grasshoppers Look at this, in our own eyes. They don't even know what, how they looked like to the other people. But they were already minimizing themselves because of their past. How many times have you minimized yourself because of your past? I, I look like a grasshopper in my own eyes. God didn't call you a grasshopper. God said, you're strong, but I look like a grasshopper in my own eyes. Are you going to run from that strange voice? 
Because if you know the story, you'll know that it was because of this that they did not enter the promised land until years later. Because of one voice, they missed out on the promise of God. Are you going to allow a strange voice to cause you to miss out on the promise of God for your life? A strange voice can keep you bound. A strange voice can keep you in fear. A strange voice can keep you alone. But his voice changes everything. The voice of the Father changes everything. In John chapter 11, in this story, Jesus' friend dies. It's the story of Lazarus. His friend dies. Jesus shows up. If you know the story, he shows up. Martha runs out to meet him. Mary comes shortly after. Jesus gets to the tomb, and we find ourselves here in verse 38. He was once more deeply moved. He came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Verse 39 says, take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. Somebody say stranger danger. By this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Martha's so negative. <laughs> she was so negative, and Jesus, Jesus was so gangster because he responded like, Martha, really? Shut up. <laughs> like, all the stuff you done seen me do, like, really? And Martha like, but Jesus, if you had came when you said you was going to come, like, this is your friend. I learned that from my wife. <laughs> That's that ghetto. Jesus. That's that ghetto black woman hand. <laughs> Some of y'all ain't black and y'all got that hand. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a universal thing. It's a universal ghetto language. And Martha responds and then Jesus responds to her. He says, didn't I tell you if you believe you would see the glory of God? Didn't I tell you if you just believe you would see the glory of God? But sometimes we think it's a little bit more than that. Didn't I tell you if you only believe? It's not about your serving. It's not about, yes, you should serve. And yes, you're supposed to come to church. And yes, you're supposed to pray. You're supposed to do these things. But listen, it's your faith that unlocks the miracles in your life. It's the thing that you believe. You can't serve your way into a miracle. You can't give your way into a miracle. It's what you believe. Didn't I tell you if you just believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And then when he said this, verse 43, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, get up. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out of that dead place. Lazarus, come out of that dead relationship. Lazarus, come forth. He's calling you today. Whatever your name is, put your name in there. Cody, come forth. Jesse, come forth. Bella, 
come forth. You've allowed yourself to be dead for too long. Come forth, David. Come forth. Come out of that grave. You've allowed yourself to stay there too long in that, that, that bout of depression. Come forth. Get up. Come forth. Lazarus gets up. He comes out. I saw something that was interesting here. I've read this story so many times. And when he gets up and he comes out, his hands and his feet feets, <laughs> were still wrapped with strips, strips of linen and a cloth around his face. So Jesus called you out. Jesus, I don't feel free. I still feel like I'm bound. I don't feel, I still feel the same pain that I felt, that I've been feeling all my life. I still feel it. It's still there. I still feel like I'm bound by it. I, I, I know you caught me out, but I still, I still feel like I, like I can't break free from this thing. I still feel bound. And then Jesus did something. He said to them, to the people that were around him, he said, now, go unwrap them. Go take the grave clothes off and let them go. That's why it's important that you get in a group. If you're not in a small group, it's important that you get in a group. If you're not faithful to church, it's important that you get into the building. There's nothing wrong with being online. Thank you for those that are watching online. But sometimes you got to get to the building around people that can unwrap you. About people that around people that can take off those linens and unwrap you and take and help to loose those chains on your life. That's why, again, groups are so important because you're going to hit a moment where you're in the wilderness. You're going to hit a moment where you're in darkness. You're going to hit a moment when you're in that grave and Jesus has already called you out, but you're going to need some help to get out of it. Even Ecclesiastes says that a person that falls and has nobody is in real trouble. You got to be surrounded around someone that can help to unwrap you. You cannot do it by yourself. You cannot get free by yourself. I know you think you're strong. I know you think you got it. I know you think you, you, you're hiding it. You're hiding the, the, you're, you're hiding the pain through a smile. I know you think you got it. You think nobody sees. You think nobody knows. You're not going to get free until you allow someone else to come and unwrap you and help you walk through the pain that you're going through, help you walk through this season, this wilderness in your life. So this is coming. But we find comfort in what David said in Psalm 23. He says, I know that I'm going to walk through a valley. I know that I'm going to go through a moment of wilderness and a moment of darkness. I know that I'm going to go through some of the deepest, darkest times in my life, but I don't have to fear because God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Let that be your encouragement today. That whatever you may be going through, God is with you and he's calling you out. 
Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 